As there's a drive in a deep left field by Castellanos, it will be. Oh man, it's right. eight o'clock. And so that'll make it a. I don't need the spotlight. I shine just fine. Hi, I'm Karma, and yes, I am a bitch. Brav Bros. Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Brav Bros, your favorite podcast from the bros for everybody, for whoever wants to listen. I am your co-host, Steel Russell, not currently joined by old Scoots Magoots, because this is a very special episode. We had the absolute privilege to go on Watch What Crappens with Ben and Ronnie, and we had an absolute blast. So we are dropping that episode right now for you guys, so you can listen. You guys asked, you wanted to hear it. So we finally got that collab together. We had such a great time with them. They're incredible. They're OGs to this game. So we were honored to be a part of their podcast. But quick announcement before we get to that. Our very first solo live show, January 25th, New York City, the Green Room 42. If you have not gotten your tickets to it yet, make sure you head to our Instagram. The link is in the bio for those tickets. It is a Thursday night. So come out, hang out with the bros, have a blast with us. But on to another announcement. We have another show lined up in Philadelphia, March 6th. It's a Wednesday night in March. Those tickets don't go on sale till Friday, so make sure you mark your calendars or just listen to us. We'll tell you when to buy the tickets. That announcement comes out on socials tomorrow, but if you're listening to this now, be on the lookout because we have another show for you. March 6th, City Winery, Philadelphia, back to where it all started. But without further ado, let's jump right into some Watch What Crappens featuring none other than the Brav Bros. All right. Hello. Here we are with Scooter and Steel. Hello, hey. boys. How Scooter. Scooter. He's, he's in on the joke. It's great. Yeah. Scooter, <laughs> shooter. Scooter. You can call him whatever you Scooter. want. Scooter. Scooter. You guys. All right. Here we are with Scooter and Steel. Hello, boys. Hey. Hey, how's it going, guys? Thrilled to be Good. here. Good. <laughs> we're Ben and Ronnie for your listeners who may not know us. I'm Ben. Uh, That's Ronnie. Dan and Lonnie. What's up, dudes? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. I'm an <laughs> idiot. And you know what else? I've been um, calling you Bravo Bros for how long have you guys been around? Two years? Almost two uh, years, years now, but Almost that's time because everybody calls us Brav Bros, Bravo Bros, uh, Brav Boys, Bravo Boys, yeah. pretty much any variation. We're just going to have to trademark them all just to make sure that we're all clear across the board. You Wait, you guys aren't Bravo Boys? Or no, actually, I thought you guys bros. were Brav Boys. See, it's already happening. Brav Bros. I thought you were Brav bros. bros. Is that what yes. it is? Brav Bros. That's yes, exactly But okay. I say Bravo Bros because I watch you guys on TikTok. So you don't start your TikToks off like, hey, we're the Brav Bro that just starts with whatever you're talking about. I don't, and, you I know, don't once think I we start our podcasts like that either. We do. <laughs> hey! Hey! The Brav Bros coming hey, at you live. the Brav Bros. <laughs> so uh, congratulations to you guys. You guys have been killing it. And, um, you know, at some point, you got to leave the house and meet the neighbors. I mean, what the yeah. hell? How have we not reached out or gotten to know each other yet? Let's have a beer, well, bro. You know, it's one yeah, of those bro. things like we get consistently not compared. I think that we're your straight counterparts, according mm. to a lot of our listeners. We get a lot of that. It's like, watch what crappens with straight guys. I'm like, I'll take right. that. I think more so, you know, seeing you guys at the top of the charts frequently, it's a little daunting to reach out to people sometimes. So I was like, I'll just wait, you know, I'll bide my time. And then when everything started happening and um, we heard the shout out on your show, which thank you guys very much. And I thought, Maybe we should reach out and see if they'd be interested in a collab. But we're huge fans of yours. Obviously, we've been listening to you guys for a while. 
we reference you guys a lot. So the fact that you wanted to have us on is incredible. So thank you guys so much for the opportunity to chat with oh you today. God, oh my God, yeah. of course. And you know what? You guys have you guys have done you guys have achieved the real dream, which is that you had some sort of impact on a TV show. Like uh you which wait, who is the who is the the husband or boyfriend who was on your show that they referenced in the flashback on that episode? Chris Bassett. Right, Chris Bassett. Yeah. See, you guys you guys made it into a flashback reference, you know, of like of like tabloid gossip. That's like the dream. We've never been able to do that. Yeah, yeah we, was, we honestly uh, we we heard from Bravo over the summer that we were going to be feeding. They had to sign all the release forms, make sure that we can see our faces and everything. I thought it would have been funnier if we were blurred out and they just showed Chris <laughs> Bassett out there. But yeah, obviously, we want to show our faces out there. Um, and we weren't sure when it was going to happen. And then obviously, we're you know six, seven episodes into the season. The season's kind of dragging along. We're getting kind of bored. And we're like, are we ever going to be in this show, as they said over the summer? And it just kind of happened. And neither of us really... We tend to not watch live anyway. We watch on Peacock the next day because we can't stand commercials. So we'll wait. And then all of a sudden, our <laughs> phones are blowing up. That is so straight guy of you, by the way. Oh, <laughs> to not even well, be able you know, to the fast other thing forward is... the fucking commercial. No, like fuck commercials. Especially Sunday night, too, because there's football on. So we're watching football on Sunday <laughs> okay, night. Okay. And then we'll watch our Bravo the next day. But our phones start blowing up Sunday night. And then obviously, you guys mentioned us on Monday, which I thought was such a funny clip. Because, again, you called us the Bravo bros. But yeah. that's, that's how asshole. things work. Between people am, calling me Scooter and <laughs> Sluter or whatever the hell you want to say, anything that rhymes the shooter usually works. That and Bravo Bros, they go synonymous. It's perfect. Well, I intro every show with a new nickname for Shooter. Like last night, it was Rootin' Tootin' Scootin' Magootin'. Oh, so okay. you can do any very, as long as it's close to Shooter, you can call him whatever you want. It's kind of fun. It's, I'm basically um... like a dog. If it rhymes with my name, I'll respond. Yeah. No, I mean, yeah. That's, uh, it's like a blank canvas, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, shooter is definitely a name that I feel like, uh, works really well for like a straight, straight guy podcast. I think if it was on a gay podcast. It would have a whole other situation going on. <laughs> yeah. It could have a different meaning. It sure. It could, yeah. <laughs> it's my username on grinder. <laughs> <laughs> uh, wait, well, we got another dream that you talk. guys, oh, I'm sorry. Another dream that you guys have accomplished is when you Google you. Um, something comes up that's like they're straight in all um, in all caps from Bravo and Blaze. A post yeah, from when you guys did we were Bravo thrilled you, just to make sure everybody knows. All right, just so you know for sure, we made sure the first thing is these dudes are straight. Like that show is hilarious, <laughs> and that it's also my dream. I just want someone to be like he's straight, but like in the gayest all caps ever. He's just straight. name name this episode that, and then people will start saying it. Yeah, okay. <laughs> we could do that. So we are we have we have joined forces today, um, really for something that's like bigger than all of us, which is the State of the Union for Salt Lake City. Like Salt Lake City had such a huge, huge finale last week that even the esteemed Jennifer Lawrence last night at the Golden Globes told Entertainment Tonight that she, you know started talking about the finale, started saying receipts, proof timelines screenshots she started doing the whole thing it's it, this thing is like bursting at the seams about to take it's like it's about to get to that next level where people who don't watch housewives are going to start asking us questions about it so but it does ask a very important question which is what is the state of the salt lake city uh housewives what do we think is going to happen at the reunion what do we think the future is for monica and the women there's just so many pressing questions and it required a summit i completely agree it was um it was astounding to watch it transpire. And it's one of those things that I was nervous about because we had so much buildup last year about 
the black eye and Jen Shaw and all that nonsense. And we get to the end of the season and the big reveal doesn't happen. It was just all this buildup for nothing. And to focus around a storyline like that for so long, I was so, I thought that the reveal at the end of this season was going to be what we've already seen. And that's that Monica sued Heather for botched lip injections. And that's the big thing. I think everybody was kind of going that route because we get teed up by Bravo frequently where we're like, oh, here comes the big reveal. And it's this massive letdown. So for this to hit and not only hit with one thing, but with they dropped the black eye in there out of nowhere in the perfect way, because we had talked previously, if they bring up the stupid black eye and that's the big reveal as well, I'm going to be furious. But to drop it in there like a little cherry on top mm-hmm. after outing reality Von Tees was just cinema. It was Plus, cinema. That wasn't physical TV. abuse. Yeah, and right. Not only that, but abuse. It was, <laughs> it was just it was perfect the way that they did it was perfect to watch heather have this comeback season after her disaster last year trying to defend jen oh, man. and then she has pissed this. last year and rightly so because like you said they not only dragged that on forever they dragged it through the entire three-part reunion of mm-hmm. two and we never found out who gave her that damn black eye and then she was so tricky about it she's like well that you know first it was like i forgot and then she was like we all know and then you can guess it's like you can't i don't think you can do that with black eyes right yeah no and then it, it trickled got- over to girls trip like it even went to a whole other franchise and it became a storyline over there too and it, like by the time it was on girls trip i was like i am done with this this is this is like a very annoying storyline let's never see it again yeah we were done with it honestly in the moment and we could not get past it it got to the point where we were even blaming that stick tree that was in her room, saying that maybe she just got drunk and she walked into the stick tree and it poked her in the eye, and she's really embarrassed and she doesn't want to tell anyone about it, so she's making up this whole storyline. I mean, it, it was brutal, but I, I want to ask you guys, because we got a lot of comments. I had a theory about you know whether or not Bravo knew about Reality Von Tees and Monica's association. There were a lot of people that commented on it and said, we knew this weeks before. We knew that Monica was associated with it. Steele and I try to, obviously we have to report on the news when it comes out, but we try to block out some of that because at the end of the day, it's entertainment and we don't want spoilers. If it's a drama series, if I'm watching, say, any of the shows that I really liked and somebody spoiled it before I got a chance to watch it, I'd be pissed. It wouldn't hit the same way. So I try to actively avoid that. How do you guys navigate those waters when it comes down to the rumors that are flying around before a finale? Specifically the rumors and the nastiness? Yes. Um, (laughs) I, I, so I, um, I'm a little bit more like you. I kind of want to enjoy the show, like the show that they've created, that they've edited. I kind of want to enjoy what they, that, and just like take it on. And then maybe I'll look at gossip afterwards, but like, it's not Game of Thrones. So like, I'm okay to like, I'm okay to look at gossip. I don't know if I seek it out, um, really intensely. But like, you know, I'll see it around and I'll, I'll maybe follow some things. If I get really like whipped up about a topic, I will then do lots of Googling. But usually right. I'm like you. I kind of like I just sort of like to go with the flow and see what happens. But Ronnie, Ronnie is is much more involved. Oh, I'm I have nothing to do. Like, I literally don't do anything. <laughs> I went to Home Goods today before the show and I'm literally exhausted. Okay. I'm so, t- I carried in like one tiny little lamp. I don't even need. That's like all I did. I'll talk about that all week, my experience there. Hey, for so the for record, me, Home Goods trips are taxing. Okay. They you are. have to walk they around. Are. You have to, yeah. you look at multiple items. You're like, will this fit in there? Do I want it in there? Maybe not. Maybe I'll come back for it. Can I come I was back in there with a measuring this? Tape. You're not. Okay. 
<laughs> oh, there like, you oh, go. Is, yeah, because I don't have a sense of scale like that. Well, then you have um, to go back and get a cart because you have 15 things in your hands. And you're like, I didn't want a cart in the first place. I didn't need yeah, all this stuff. Then you go back true. and get the cart. And it's, it, it is nice. There's goddamn it's tchotchkes at checkout. You got to pick up the tchotchkes at checkout. Oh, it's a, it's a yes. Chocolate. Look, we get I got it. this lamp. Do I need Let's this? See. I don't need this. Look, this is my lamp. We're on video if anybody needs Wow. It. Little, I love I like that lamp. lamp you know? It's a little it's Art cute, Deco. Yeah, like a little Art Deco. I don't need it. It doesn't really go with anything. Anyway, the point is, I have no life, okay? I'm going to stare at this lamp and just be proud of this shit. I have a lamp over there also. I'm, like, going to be so proud of this lamp. But I don't do anything. And so I lay in bed. Lie in bed. Lie in bed. See, I looked that up the other day, the difference between lie and lay. That's a tough one. That's a really tough one. (laughs) Lay is actually the past tense, right? Isn't that? No, lay is a thing. Like, if you lay something down, it's an object. Like, I laid down this gigantic, um, supersized thing of trident on the desk. But I lied down. Um, so anyway, <laughs> I don't do anything. So I get really obsessed. I mean, it goes back to the days of like Yolanda on Beverly Hills with her Lyme's disease and people questioning that. I know everything about the difference between Lyme and chronic Lyme. Um, the dates of her posts of when she was in a bikini and when she was. I mean, every I follow all that shit. I love the conspiracy part of it. But even I didn't know about the Bravo or not Bravo and Blaze. Sorry, Bravo and Blaze. Hi. But I didn't know about the uh, reality Montice thing until I think two weeks before when um, the assistant posted it. Uh, right. Jen's uh, assist- Marilo posted it, uh, mm-hmm. which I thought was really shitty, Marilo. Okay. Like, yeah. I get that you're on Jen's side, but they did such a good job of keeping this shit secret on the show which is so rare for housewives and to be spoiled right. by you you little clutch stealer i was glad i was I glad I, I missed that entirely so i was not spoiled by that but i was a little spoiled about the black eye only because andy cohen had said on watch what happens live that there would be an answer about the black eye later in the season and i had not i hadn't even seen andy say that but then of course people started posting that clip like tonight's the night we're gonna find out so i would think on some level I was kind of prepared for that reveal. And when Heather was teeing up for it, I could sense it coming. And it was still great when it landed. But man, I would have—I could only imagine how amazing it would have been to just not have expected it whatsoever. Let me tell you, it was amazing. It was incredible <laughs> when she dropped it because I had no clue. And as far as that Marulo guy goes, he's driving me crazy. I like The clout <laughs> chasing that's happening right now on the tail end of this whole thing is annoying. Yeah. It's irritating. He's doing 16 interviews trying to give his two cents it's like look we get what you're doing you're not doing this to vindicate jen shaw you're doing this for your 15 minutes of fame and it's getting kind of annoying and to your point it drives me nuts when people reveal stuff i get that that's part of being you know in the bravo game like these bravo sleuths out there like to uncover all this crazy information and sometimes it's interesting but sometimes it takes away from the show. Like you don't get this amazing reveal at the end of the season that this is one of the best finales in Bravo history period. Yeah. And you don't get that if people start to spoil stuff. And I don't understand, I guess it comes back to clout chasing, but to see that all happen organically, because I didn't do any digging and I'm, I don't do as much shooter will keep an ear to it. Like just a temperature as to what's going on as far as like the chatter happening. I really don't. I try to keep myself sequestered in a bubble not a Dorit bubble, uh, a much nicer <laughs> bubble that I can. Bubble. Yeah. No. Love can we check on the love woman bubble? in the pool, by the way? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. A lo- love bubble. I'm in Teresa. <laughs> Me and Shooter are in our own little love bubble. But by doing that, it makes these shows so much more 
enjoyable to watch because that reveal was electric. That whole moment, Heather, the yeah. wind's blowing her hair. Do I think it took multiple takes? I do. I don't think that was all organic. Like Meredith's reactions are already the best, but in this moment when she's like, why do they keep doing this to us? I was like, how many tries did that take? Like, <laughs> is that the second See, I, I was very offended when I heard you saying that on your show that you oh, no. think that this cast does multiple takes. How dare you? You guys are like, this is so scripted. This is the improv community theater. Of course, it's they script it in their head, but I don't even think they stop. I don't think they're like, you know what? Let's do that again. I think they literally just improvised for 20 hours. <laughs> <laughs> and they just cut back. it down to something that was good. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Just look at everything Whitney does. Like Whitney, Whitney, every time Whitney talks, it is definitely the product of like 20 hours of improvisation edited down for TV. Well, that's actually a good point, too, because if you're thinking, I'm going to have to go back and rewatch because when it started, the sun was barely setting. And by the time they were done, I think it was pretty dark on the beach. So, yeah, they were probably mm -hmm. out there for an hour and a half, two hours, just kind of filing through and trying to get the best reaction shots. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, did anyone watch? Did anyone watch the finale a second time, or just like have like a like a victory lap with the finale? Because I definitely did Saturday night, and I put up a poll on my Instagram because I was bored and being like frenzied, and I was like, "Who else is watching this tonight?" And seventy five percent said yes. <laughs> I've definitely watched like definitely... on TikTok, which I do all the time. I'll just watch fifteen to twenty minutes of a show that I've already watched, and I did that maybe four or five different times with Salt Lake. Yeah. Yeah. So that tech, I think that counts. The reactions on TikTok have been actually so incredibly fun. Watching what people have been doing with the show, like what parts take off. You know, there was uh, one guy who was kind of doing like this undulating dance to like receipts proof timeline. He was like receipts proof timeline. It was like <laughs> kind of amazing. I watched it like ten times. I think the more interesting thing is what you referenced earlier with Jennifer Lawrence, and we're seeing something happen now that we haven't seen since Scandaval and hadn't seen until Scandaval happened, where it's starting to extend past the Bravo universe. And now we're just getting yeah. into popular culture. And that's when it gets really fun. I mean, like you said, there's going to be a million people coming to us now, like, hey, what about this? I just heard about this. Should I watch the show? Blah, blah, blah. But I like generating this kind of buzz around Bravo because it only helps everybody involved with Bravo content creators, Bravo itself. It only pushes it further. So I love when popular culture gets involved as a whole because then you see funny stuff come out like the TikToks and you see celebrities mm -hmm. referencing different things and making reference to the actual show, quoting the show. There's something about the community growing like past just our normal people that we discussed this with that makes it more entertaining. And I think that what I'm nervous about is because this was such a successful finale and because this hit so well, I want them to be able to replicate this in an organic way throughout the other shows. And I don't know, like this has set the bar for me and maybe that's not a good thing, but this is what I want from finales. Now I want my jaw on the floor. I want to be taken aback. I don't think Potomac has that kind of star power. I don't think they can deliver that kind of finale. I don't think a lot of these shows can right now. And that's what makes me just a little bit nervous that Bravo now has this formula where it's like, wow, this was fucking great. We need to redo this somehow push the narrative a little too hard and then we see some other shows trying to hit that mark and not quite getting there falling short and instead of investigating further into what their drama is organically trying to push harder to get this big reveal at the end of the season that inevitably gets spoiled across the board so it, it's i'm a little wary moving forward because this was so good and oh, maybe that's no. just you know my brain Don't be wary listen no? 
This is like Jesus. You just have to have faith. Your worry does not mean that Jesus is not going to still know how to turn water into wine. He's Jesus. That's what he does. It's not going to be the same, but they, they always come through. And like Potomac is one of those that this season we're all shitting on Potomac. I think just not really as commentators, but as an audience, because they've lifted it so high. They've lifted that bar so high. They're so funny. Every season has been good. I mean, their weakest seasons have been good. And then this season, it's just like... It's kind of like yeah. a wet fart. I don't, I don't even like that word, but it's kind of like a wet blanket with farts on it. And it's, it's a frustrating. You're like, how are they not? They've got all the same things going on. They've got the same personalities mostly. What's the problem? And it's that there is nothing really fresh, you know, but. Hey, hey, it's Donna from Daily Dose of Donna. Every weekday afternoon on the Daily Dose of Donna podcast, I cover all of the reality TV and celeb gossip and breaking news. I'm a former TV casting director. My husband works in reality TV, and I live for the housewives, the sister wives, the southern charmers, and the summer housers. And let's be honest, all of the drama. I'll give you a day's worth of celebrity and reality news weekday afternoons in just under an hour. New episodes of Daily Dose of Donna post weekday afternoons and are now available in video on Spotify. Subscribe to Daily Dose of Donna. That's D-A-N-A on your podcast app. There's, There's, no, yeah, there's nothing that, fresh I mean, one and yeah, none of them sorry. are friends. Yeah, I think that's, that's the biggest yeah. problem when it comes to Potomac versus Salt Lake. I think the reason that Salt Lake hits so well is because at least the core four are pretty close. And Reality Vontees did do them dirty. So they had a common interest when it came out that Monica was behind it. So they could all feel scorned together. So we felt that a little bit more as an audience. Like Steele was just saying with Potomac, they're not friends. They don't hang out with each other outside of the show. We get a couple of clips of them. Maybe it's Ashley and Giselle might hang out here and there. But you don't have any of those core issues. There's not a lot that they have that's similar with each other. There's not a lot of commonalities. So when they're not on camera together, they don't really have anything in common. So we're not really seeing any of that. It's not organic. Everything is for the show. And we feel that as an audience, whereas Salt Lake, everybody felt what they felt, that core four felt at the time on that beach. So that's why I feel like it hit a lot harder. But I think also like Potomac right now, like what I think the biggest issue is that there is a really insurmountable divide that's happening that's been caused by Giselle and Candace. Like they have like yep. a real beef that's like a real beef. Like that's like I don't know how they would ever mend those issues and like having to film around that's very difficult. And when you have that in a, in a group, it's just it's hard. You you know there are issues about not wanting to film with this person or that person. And with Salt Lake City, the reason I think why the twist also landed so well was because you had actually an excellent season leading up to it and you also yeah. had a um, like a twist that also answered something from a previous season, which is always a benefit. But I don't know if that finale would have been quite as good if the season had been shoddy, you know. But like as it was, it was an amazing season that we're all invested in, and the finale was an outgrowth of it. It wasn't just like, oh, here was a one-off episode. Like if we never had Angie and Meredith having a really silly feud all season long then there would not have been uh, a story about Greek mafia DMs. And if there weren't Greek mafia DMs, then Heather might not have been kind of spooked by that. And then Heather might not have like gone farther with her investigation. So everything like the best seasons on Bravo, everything grow every episode grows out of the previous one and builds and builds and builds. And um, I think uh, that's when that happens, that is truly lightning in a bottle. I don't know if Bravo can just like manufacture a twist. It doesn't just, you can't just like make them happen because they're real people's lives. 
But um, God, I hope they do because it was well, great. Do you think that Bravo knew? Do you think Bravo knew that Monica was behind real? Down. Look. Well, that's so that's our theory. Um, well, yeah, people are saying I do. Yes, yeah, I we think that they did, yeah. that they did too. We think yeah. that they knew ahead of time that uh, Monica was behind it. And obviously, there's a couple different people, but Monica is going to be the head of that spear. That she's the only one who can really do it. I think the Bravo knew. Steel's come around to it as well. I want to know what you guys think. If you guys want to dig a little deeper into that, since you just wrote it down in your notebook. Yeah, that was my next question to ask you. I do because you'd kind of brought that up earlier. I do think that they knew. And the reason is because they were sent, a, a, Jen sent a cease and desist to um, Monica, Koa, and someone named Savannah Gonzalez, allegedly. I saw that on Twitter. I was like, who's Miss Gonzalez? So I spent an hour <laughs> on Twitter. So, or not Twitter, uh, TikTok. Uh, and then Get I looked for after home goods. <laughs> yes and that's why i had to go to home goods i was like give up savannah gonzalez Get out he was sitting house. on a couch at home goods just going through all of that <laughs> <laughs> oh but they do koa and uh monica do still follow the savannah gonzalez so i was like hmm, maybe it is because that's not like a name you hear every day you know so anyway mm -hmm. i don't know who she is i haven't figured that out yet but the cease and desist was to all of them. And was it Mon it wasn't Monica Garcia, actually. I think it was Monica Fowler, because you know she's got like many three many different, different last aliases. Names, yeah. Same right? same date of birth at least, but she's got a couple different names. <laughs> yeah, she's got a few. But that I mean, was what, like twenty twenty one is when that cease and desist was sent out. Isn't that right? Yeah, yes. I mean I I am always Mr. I'm always like Mr. Like not naive or whatever. I think, well, I think it's possible that Jen Shaw sent that off. And they, uh, there was a cease and desist, and no one, they may have seen it at one point, no one thought anything of it beyond that. And I don't know, I think it, I think a lot but of how times. how did Jen not tell them? I mean, she worked well, she for Jen, it was somebody coming for Jen, and she released the video of Koa. That's what the cease and desist was for. It was that. How did Jen know, how did Jen know about Reality Vontis? I don't know. It's a good question. Maybe she saw the video and put two and two together that Jen or uh, Monica would be the only one with access to it. Yeah, I mean, I think or that maybe there's... Monica let it slip. But Monica allegedly hacked into the system, right? So no, Monica, right? That's, the, that's what they're saying. According to Marillo, Monica was the one who had those cameras installed in the office, and she knew the password, so she didn't even have to hack uh, when oh, she wow. worked there, I guess. And this is, you know, who it's knows? Who knows what's true? Because you can't really believe anybody on this show. I mean, the the witnesses are Marillo, Tanisha, and yeah. who else is talking a lot? Koa. So they've all got they've all got you know a lot of reasons to say whatever. And production, who believes production? Everyone's like, well, production said that they didn't know. You believe production? It's <laughs> no. Bravo production. Their job is to lie to your ass. Yeah. Well, the, here's the reason why. Here's the only reason why I feel like production might not have known. Because it does seem like production would know. But I actually feel like Bravo is really protective about their brand in terms of, um, like, uh, a certain... Well, I was going to say that they like their the people on their shows to have a certain amount of wealth or whatever. I mean, obviously Monica was not a wealthy cast member every now and then they allow a poor on, but she was associated with Jen Shaw. I just, I feel like Monica, I don't feel like Bravo. The, the reason why I don't think Bravo would, would do this or if they knew about it, what that they would continue to go forward with it is that they could see a potential divide happening and it would be an issue for the cast. And like, it's just like bad. It might be bad juju. I don't know. I just feel like I, I imagine corporate not being down to bring a, troll on they're already very 
you know, interacting with Bravo already, they, they are very protective about their talent. And so I don't think that. Right. That... But just a counterpoint, corporate and production are two different things. Well, production, that's fair. Corporate's that's not going to know what production's doing necessarily. That's, that's and I also fair, think that I, it's not necessarily a negative that they did it. And like, I, I love diving into the comments now where people are like, this is insane. This is the downfall of Bravo. They're inviting these kinds of people on the show. Next thing you know, everyone's going to be infiltrating and blah, 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 which is not true. But I think that they had to have known to a certain extent, or maybe, maybe their angle was, all right, well, she's going to have some dirt on Jen. So let's bring her on because she can push that narrative a little mm -hmm. bit. I just find it hard to believe that if there was a cease and desist, if there was prior knowledge to this at all, that Bravo is completely in the dark about reality of aunties. I know they're claiming that they were, but to not even have an inkling that it might be her. And maybe that's all it was. Maybe like, Oh, maybe she is behind it. Wouldn't it be fun if it comes out on the show? Like there, there's a lot of different levels to it, to which how much did they actually know? But I, I think that the idea that they had no clue, I don't know if I can get on board with that. Yeah. But, you know, what's crazy to me is that, um, so Ronnie and I, we do our, we do an Instagram show every two weeks where we just talk about Bravo stuff and crappy hour. Um, and I swear this is not actually just a plug, not a blatant plug, but <laughs> when we prepare for the show, we, um, we have like a shared photo sort of thing on, on, on like Apple iCloud. photos. It's called iCloud. iCloud. You may have heard Steve, of it. Let's give Steve his props. In the cloud. Steve, so there's like, job, Steve. Steve so jobs, we have like, what will happen is a lot of times like Ronnie will take screenshots on his phone and just put them on the clouds. So that way I can see them and be like, Hey, this is what I thought was interesting. So, uh, yesterday I was going through it cause I was like, I'm going to add something today. And as I was going through it, I saw that Ronnie had a screenshot from reality Von Tees in December. And this was where Meredith, the first day of the trip, um, where Meredith is like wasted and, and reality Von Tees like regrams or retweets a photo of Meredith kind of passed out and I was like, or maybe that maybe it's Benzo's whatever. And I was like, what's crazy is that like she Monica was like continuing to troll the woman as reality Von Tees after she had been outed by them several months earlier. And I was like, this is kind of wild. Not only that, she actually, according to a TikTok I saw, so there's the reality Von Tees too on Instagram which started a long time ago, but then the reality Von Tees on Twitter didn't start tweeting about them until the day they shot the reunion. The day they shot the reunion Stop. was apparently November 20th. And that's when the Twitter one started coming after them. That's from, oh. I don't have it. I have, I have stuff like for crappy hour, uh, just cause I didn't want to like, start getting yarn out with like little, right. you know, on the, on the pin board for you guys. <laughs> but, Your detective uh, board. <laughs> I think that makes sense because that's the sweet spot. Like we, as the public, we don't know that Monica's behind it, but everybody on the show knows and everybody in Bravo knows. So this is the time that she can really just do and say whatever the hell she wants for at least that month yes. until we find out. And obviously Steele and I were tracking it too. We looked to see how many followers reality Von Tees had before the finale and Same. then after, and it went up. I, I don't even know what it's at right now, but it went up a, a, close to 10,000 followers. Easily. Oh, I took a photo. Oh, and it was it at 6,000 because we had the screener. So it hadn't hit, hit, like it was about two right. hours before it went live. I took a screenshot. It was at like around 6,000. And now last time I looked, it was at like 45, 50,000.
Wow. Oh yeah, they're massive. And that's not surprising. This like, is going this to is make where she rich. wanted yeah, exactly. So even if and we'll talk about that next because I don't think that there's a future with Monica on this show. That's the big question. Just because she's going to be alienated. These women aren't going to want to film with her. Mm. Although, no, I'm actually battling myself right now. We've seen it in the past. You can do whatever the hell you want and they'll still film with you and they'll still make it like we've got Tom Sandoval's out there. Everybody's okay with him now. We're going to see in VPR next season. They're going to be filming with them. They're going to be doing whatever because you know what? He made them rich. So at the end of the day, are they really going to be that upset with him? It's not that different because next year, everybody's going to want to see how Monica assimilates back into the group. We're going to watch Salt Lake. There's going to be a cigarette. But the fact that she's continuing to troll them on reality volunteers, that's the thing that makes me feel like she's not, maybe she's not coming back because if she got an indication, like we can't bring you back, then she's going to be like, fuck it. I'm going back to trolling. But like, (laughs) if they're like, we're bringing you back, but you have to stop this reality volunteers because this is a cast member. This is actually an HR issue for us now. So I I mean, I I'm so curious to see how this shakes out because the one thing is that I know the women are like adamant that they are not gonna film with her. Uh, but I also feel like Heather Gay is extremely shrewd and she's com- extremely media savvy. And I think if Bravo sits her down and says, Look, I know you hate her guts. I know she committed the ultimate betrayal and she's an internet troll, but also look at what this is doing for the show. And like, it's either going to play out not on the show or can play out on the show. So like what do the smart thing. And I think Heather, I think that will like respond. Like, I think that will connect with Heather. I think she will, I think she'll be in and then everyone else will follow. I think Meredith will be a tough one, but they will drag her into it. And then she'll spend the whole season shrugging and looking away from Monica. I got nothing to say to her and it'll work. It's been an interesting, it's been interesting to watch it because part of it, like her going on reality Vontis again and torturing everybody once ever, once she was outed on the show, she also didn't really know how the world was going to react to this. Like she did that big photo shoot that right oh, when yeah. all of this came out on the show, she was like, I'm oh, the burning newspapers and like holding <laughs> yeah. up the big newspaper Kinko prints where she's like, it's really being sexy and starting the newspaper on fire and all of that stuff. So in her mind, she was kind of a hero, you know, and that's the thing about Monica. <laughs> Just, she's like a loose cannon. And I don't think she really knew how people were going to react. I think she's shocked at how much pushback she's actually gotten from people. My first reaction when I saw it was like, okay, that's bad. But I had read that she, uh, you know, like I told you, I'd read the Murillo post. So I knew that I knew, but also I was like, I've been telling you guys, Monica's crazy this whole time. And people, she really has that like, but she has a narcissistic mother. And then, so everybody's like, how dare you? You obviously don't know what it's like. And it's like, well, that's not taking away from her being an asshole though. You know what I mean? Like she still seems like, completely loco on her own um but i think she was really shocked and i'm shocked after because our reaction was just the initial reaction but then seeing all this stuff coming out online like how bad it was i mean she really was stalking jen shaw she was literally like driving by her her house house. like videoing it yeah i think that um, that also is an issue why she might not come back like she did sort of like she she crosses lines i think she broke the the law a little bit broke the law (laughs) i think that like just a touch (laughs) I think the audience has actually been more supportive of Monica than I would expect. Like every time I go onto Twitter, a lot of responses have been like, yeah, well, face it. They went, they went like they supported someone who wanted fraud and she, you know, without Monica, there would be no season four. Like she has had, there, there are a lot of people that are viewing her kind of like a Robin Hood 
you know, and um, uh, like I feel like she's actually had a, a lot of support. I think it may be waning a little bit as more and more tawdry details are coming out, like the video with her mom and the stuff about did she ha like hack like setting up those cameras and and whatever. But then there's like a feeling of like yeah, I'll steal from the rich. It's great. And um, but what's interesting to me is that I don't feel like the audience. It's it's refreshingly not a situation where people are like team monica team heather you know like you don't have to take a side and then have to like get yelled at because you took a side i think everyone's like really enjoyed both like as, as much as people are loving monica people are loving the way like every single thing heather did people are loved loved she had like three different speeches in that show and everyone loved all three of them Working yeah and I, I, oh, she gave like a like a coach's speech at the end oh, the that got speech. me all riled up right yeah dude she's she like if you think you can you we've been through everything together if you think you can come in here and take us down these four we are resilient blah 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 i was like fuck yeah like let's go <laughs> yeah <laughs> it was a great speech the core four so the core four we need t-shirts so whose team were you guys on uh before you found all this stuff out because obviously the internet has completely changed its mind once we found this out. But what did you guys believe with the Meredith stuff? Do you, did well, you, and that's also another reason I wasn't that surprised. Like if we're supposed to believe that Meredith does this all the time to the point where they're like, Meredith, come on, Meredith, just stop. If you want to have lunch with us, stop making these fake accounts. <laughs> They've kind of normalized it on this show to the mm -hmm. point where I'm like, why am I supposed to care? Anyway, the point is, what did you who whose side were you on with that whole Meredith? Uh, well, thing? the thing about Meredith is one, Monica being behind Reality Vontese does not exonerate Meredith. It doesn't mean that she's not still sending DMs and trying to get other people in trouble and spread rumors. She could still be doing that. Yeah, it's just not through Reality Vontese. But I feel like people are mistaking that and going back and forth like, wait, how are you guys still on Meredith's case? It's we just saw that Monica was the one who did it. No, we saw Monica was doing it in a much bigger way. But Meredith is still probably doing it. Let's be honest. So we were I mean, we were firmly on I don't want to speak for Steele, but we were firmly on Monica's side, honestly for the most part, until this came out. And I'm still in the area of Meredith is still guilty in some way. I don't think it's that big of a deal, <laughs> though. I know what she's doing, and she's just trying to spread rumors and try to make a storyline for a show that was failing. Let's be honest. Last year, the show sucked. The first couple years were okay, but, you know, last year stunk. So wait, wait, the, wait a second. How wait dare a second. you? How wait, okay, dare they were okay. Whoa, Season whoa, two was whoa. only okay. This is where you we're going to go? Yeah, no. All right. Wait, wait right, you want to? Yeah, I'm on their side. I'm on their side. Don't point out. <laughs> season one and two. Wait, if you want to say season sure. one was only okay, that that's fine. I thought season one was really good, but I can see it was being okay. But season two, season mm. two. How dare well, you? Sir? All right. So, do you think season four was better than season two? Yes. Okay. Uh, no, <laughs> I thought season was. I actually I think thought, it was. Oh God, I don't know. But do you, how do you attribute that season three? But do you attribute that to Jen Shaw not being here or Monica's presence? I love that Jen Shaw is not on the show anymore. She made me crazy I, yeah, I think that's from the beginning. Thing. And, you know, the show, we do make fun of it being like the community theater of Housewives or at whatever. But Jen was just never even close to being real. You know, she's just the whole like, hi, everybody. Oh, my God. Just like screaming at Broadway and like having a fit and being like, ah, ha, 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 and her fake tears and just all of the, she was, she was just awful. I thought she was awful for Housewives because mm -hmm. it's like a Saturday Night Live version of a housewife, just like played by Sherry O'Terry, just losing her fucking mind at the drop of a hat. I could not stand her. And also, she was so vile. You know, 
when we're talking about like, will Monica be able to come back next season? They put up with Jen for yeah. three seasons. They'll still bring Jen back when her ass is out of prison. And the way that our yeah. prison system oh, works, yeah. it'll probably be two weeks. And yeah. she'll be out probably yeah. bringing the girl with the fake blood. What's that girl's name? With the, oh, black temp, tur- uh, the, the Steve Jobs turtleneck. What was that company? Up. Oh, Elizabeth. Um, Fuck. That was yeah. Monster. Who was it? That was Elizabeth yeah. Holmes. Yeah. Yeah. But um, uh, I I mean, was Eileen Wernos? She's bringing Eileen Wernos oh. into this show. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Don't make me cough. Um, I think <laughs> it's too late. Um, I think, no, to get back to that question about like, is it because of Monica? Um, I think Monica had a huge part to do with it. I think this, I, but I think this season had a great energy about it. Like it was very funny and they were all getting in each other's business. Monica did a great job. I mean, Monica and her mom, that was actually like very riveting. Um, she was very, Monica was like very funny and she was chaotic. Also can honestly, I, I'm going to advocate for Angie K. I think that Angie is yeah. the most try hard housewife and she tried so hard and she was so bad at like, she was so awkward that she became amazing to me. I just love the way she would just try to insert herself. Like even in this, even I, I rewatched the finale. I, mean, I forgot there was a moment was the oh no the episode before she like wants to confront Meredith. She's like Meredith, I would like to say something about these emails. Hold on, let me wet my whistle before I start saying <laughs> yeah. something to you. I was like, what are you what are you doing wetting your whistle before you confront it someone? Angie, just everything she but does she- cracks me up. She was exceptional this year, and she started off a little slow. I couldn't stand her last year, honestly. But I liked her last year, actually. All of the of the moments that she tries to insert herself, and they were a lot more prevalent early on in the season. We saw it at the Trixie Motel. Yeah. We talked about it on our show, like when they're at the bar, the amount of times that she just pops in, like over somebody's shoulders, like what'd yes. you say? And it's like, okay, go away. You but look like a trampoline has, with eyes. <laughs> yeah like she just pops up to like give a rebuttal then she's not involved in the conversation but she seemed i think episode three or four she kind of hit her stride like she she didn't seem as forced and the scenes with her and her family didn't seem as forced and we got to see a more genuine side of angie k and maybe that's just getting comfortable maybe that's being around the show long enough being around these women long enough but we definitely saw a different side of her and I gave her like the comeback player of the year award because from last year, I really didn't enjoy her last year. She irritated me. I didn't like the forced issues and stuff like that. So to see her be more organic and be more comfortable and kind of find her niche within this group was actually really refreshing. I thought she did a great job this season. So I'm on team Angie K now, as far as like Monica and Meredith and all that stuff, I was on team Monica for the majority of the season. I, Part of me still slightly is, if we're being honest, just because of how much she delivered, how much she gave us throughout the season. If lover or hater, she was the MVP the entire year. She did a great job. The storyline, as you said, with LD, old Linda, was captivating. And now yeah. there's even a bigger part when you're looking at her behavior throughout the year, the stalking, the manipulating, this and that. And you have her mom to compare it to. You're like, oh, well. Is this nature versus nurture? It brings up so many different conversations of, is this a tendency that she got from her mom? Is this just Monica and Monica's nuts? I think that it was, it was such a great year for a housewife, but I'm pretty much on the platform of she's a one and done. She's going to be one of the greatest one and dones in history, but I just, I don't see probably the best. And I don't see how you can bridge a gap 
And I, I get it. I, I agree with you in if Heather can get past it, you know, this would be great TV to watch this play out next year. I just don't see how you can present that to the audience without feeling like it's being force fed to us. Well, because how do you bridge that gap? Yeah, actually, the question is, will it actually be great TV? If the women finally are like, no, okay, cynically, we know this will be good for ratings, et cetera. It's good for our job. We'll shoot with her. Will we actually get a terrible season of them? Will it be a whole season of them just like not wanting to talk with her? Will you know them trying to avoid her or like you know? Will there will there be fake interactions? It could wind up backfiring in our in our face if we want if we demand Monica back. Yeah, it, it could yeah. because like that's one of the main issues that we have with a lot of the shows is if you get stuck on one topic the entire season, we're gonna get bored, especially if there's no answers. We already know the answer to this one, so if the entire topic next year is all of the women just completely alienating Monica and talking about how much they hate her. We're going to get tired of that. The reason right. that this season was yeah. so good was because we went from one issue, whether it was Lisa Barlow's son and if he's going to Columbia, what does Heather think about this? Does she even get to have an opinion to Angie Kay and Sean's rumors? Like there's so many things going on and it seems like every episode there was something different that keeps it fresh. That keeps us Without engaged. It being episodic. Exactly. And we're still by the end of the season, we're going through this roller coaster like this was a fun year. And then they give us a great finale. That's a great way to end the year. I don't want to deal with it's kind of what we're doing in Potomac right now. We keep going back to Potomac. But all we're talking about is whether or not Robin and Juan, what's going on with Juan and his allegations about cheating and everything else that whatever is surrounding it. We're tired of it. We don't want to do the same thing every episode. We want something fresh. So I don't think that Monica here next year is going to allow that. Yeah, I think it's it's good, you know, like I was saying about Real Housewives of New York, sometimes it's okay to say goodbye, you know, like you don't have to mm -hmm. just keep the same thing going because it was popular that, you know, for a long time. And I think that's kind of the thing with Monica. I'm fine if she's a one and done. I enjoyed her pretty much. I didn't have the, she is kind of Gen Point 2.0 um, with how she just will fly off the handle and go really, really low, really fast. Mm -hmm. um, but she's also got a more real charismatic side to her than Jen ever showed. So I don't really mind Monica. Like I don't have a um like fuck Monica, don't bring her back. I'm not like morally against Monica. I just don't see how more of the same is gonna be good. I say switch it up. Now Salt Lake City does have a really hard time getting new cast members. I mean mm -hmm. yeah. they're they're notoriously bad. I mean you have places that have a lot of people shooting, you know, like Atlanta, they shoot a lot of things there in LA or bigger cities. There's more to choose from, I think, but Salt Lake city, I mean, that's just a, that's a tall order, you know, and they have tried so many people and Angie, you know, like you're saying, like Angie's gotten so much more, so much more comfortable. I don't think she has at all. I, I mean, I think that's oh. what I love about her is she's still so awkward and forced. <laughs> <laughs> but I just, I think I'm more used to it, and I just love it. I just think it's so. Maybe funny that's just like always. Maybe I've got teleprompter. How she doesn't really, she still doesn't get it. But we, you just kind of get used to certain things because you watch them so much. Mm -hmm. Um, and I just really love her now. <laughs> but I'm okay with. We can agree on that. I think that if ones. if Monica comes back, I think the producers have to to work really hard that by the end of the season, the feud is over because we have a theory, which is that like you have like feuds have like a two season arc. The first season is the build up to the feud and the breaking point, which is usually the more riveting part. And like, we've seen this on like season two or season three of real housewives of New York with Bethany and Jill and just a million other feuds. 
And then you usually have the next season is you're living in the feud. And like, how do we bring these two together? How do we find peace? Which is also usually pretty entertaining, but it also wears out its welcome. And the worst Mm -hmm. are there have been shows where a whole season of feud happens. Like this happened with Shannon and Vicky actually at one point. And then the season ends and the next season comes on and they're still feuding. And you're like, I can't like, I'm over this feud. I don't want like, get over it, you know? So if they bring back Monica, yeah, if they bring back Monica, they've got to wrap up this feud by the end of next season. Don't, don't I do you think that. that that's going to be the worry about Jersey too this year? I mean, from everything we've been reading, it looks like you know half the cast is refusing to film with the other half of the cast. Uh, what do you guys think about uh, that? The Jersey stuff that's coming out. What have oh you guys heard? God. We're so we're so done with it. I mean, that's like the quintessential teams, and we learned that the hard way last year. We weren't even picking teams. We even said in the beginning of the season, we're not going to bother picking teams. We're not going to steadfast go one way or another. And every comment that we made, it's just like a full comment list oh of God. Team Teresa, wh- whatever it might be. And that it's got to be the most toxic fan base out of all of Bravo. And it's absolutely insane. It, it's crazy to go through. But it's funny because by the end of the year, we loved it. We wanted to embrace it. And we would actively try to annoy them. And it's, you know, it's a good time. Yeah, was, but I don't know where they go. And we were hoping they were going to make a ton of changes this year. We were honestly calling for you know, whatever Teresa wants to do. If you want to give her her own little love bubble show out in California, her and Louie can just go live the rest of their days and do whatever the hell they want. And then you get Melissa out of there and you maybe you just start fresh. I think they wanted to see, at least in my eyes, I think they wanted to see what Roni looked like this year to see if there was good feedback to the new cast before mm-hmm. they made a decision on Jersey. And they might give Jersey this last year. And if they're not going to film together, we're not going to want to watch it really. Obviously, mm-hmm. we still will, but we're not yeah. going to want to watch it. And they'll know that by the end of the year. And you'll be able to see the dip in the viewership by the end of the year. And I think they're going to have to make a hard decision. Who do you let go? Who do you and keep? And Bravo's going to have to stick it, stick their head in the mud, but like, essentially. Intense, intense feuds have been like part of Jersey's DNA since the beginning. Like This is the one show yep. that like likes to live in that space. So, um, I mean, I'm, I'm ready for it. <laughs> I, I think that New Jersey is really over the past like six or seven years has been one of the most consistent performers on Bravo. And it it sort of always gets overlooked. There's always like a flashier show that comes along, you know, Vanderpump rules was out, you know, was doing Scandaval while Jersey was doing its season and Jersey kind of got overlooked from that. And then, you know, right now everyone's talking about Salt Lake city, you know, whereas we're, we're putting together the ballots for the crappies and, you know, we, I, I, put something on Instagram like, hey, what are your everyone's favorite like moments on Bravo from the past year? And of course, everyone writes like everything from SLC or Vanderpump Rules or Beverly Hills. And people just don't write stuff from Jersey. But like Jersey ha- always has so much stuff. So I hope that these warring factions can get over it because I feel like it's a, actually a really good cast. And if they just wind up in this super divided place uh, where they Bravo does have to clean house, I think that'd be a shame. Well, I think that's the risk that we're run, though, is like, at what point will they get over it? You know, we've had the Melissa versus Teresa feud forever, seemingly. And now you have, I think that the risk they're running this year is from everything I've been seeing, it's Danielle and Jen Aiden are getting into it physically. So are they going to put a lot of pressure on Danielle, a newbie who didn't, you know, she was fine last year. I enjoyed her. Did she necessarily find her stride? I don't know. I don't know if she was like a stellar performer last year, but she was solid. I, Is I mean, it risky to did, put that much onus on a newcomer? What's up? I was going to say Danielle and, Danielle and Jennifer Aiden having like a 
a feud based off a of physical fight is actually exactly what that show needs. Like a different yeah. kind of feud it could be between great. those two, it could be those great. two nutcases. Yes. Well, they're kind that, of, I mean, that sounds just, perfect because Danielle was, everybody was pegging her for being the newest member of team Teresa. So now that she's in limbo, because I feel like she feels a little scorned because she was thrown under the bus by Jen Aiden. So now all of a sudden she's fighting with somebody else. If she can kind of stand alone and do that, and we have a different feud to look forward to, maybe it'll take some of the pressure off the rest of the castmates and we can kind of get back to what Jersey is. Oh, we'll also have the new feud of Marge versus um, Jackie. Jackie because those two, that's oh, like yeah. the typical Bravo, like we're going to be on the same team. We're going to be each other's allies no matter what. And then Ozempic came along and ruined everything because <laughs> it looks like they're having Ozempic fights. Like that's what I've heard that their season is about. And now Teresa has accepted Jackie and now Jackie and Teresa are going to be like yeah, little besties, sad, which is I, insane. I don't like this. That's insane. I don't, You're getting me know, excited for Jersey now. I didn't know that was possible. Maybe it's what it needs. Yeah, this is all stuff yeah. that could be potentially what it needs. I, I, the only reason I was nervous about Danielle and Jen is because Danielle's a newcomer and I don't know if it's, if but it's she's a ridiculous. lot of pressure to put... She the is she'll be like, oh my God, how could she do this to me? And it'll be hilarious. And honestly, I'm actually looking forward to a season of Melissa Gorga just living in her truth that she fucking hates Teresa. She has tried, she's like pretended to be like, oh, you know, like we just want to be there as family. And watching Melissa Gorga just being like, fuck off, Teresa, during the entire last reunion was great. It was like, finally, Melissa is just being Melissa. Um, but do you, you think know- that they can have a show in which they are like is there a way that the show is successful when you have the group split so firmly like can they still come up with a formula to entertain us i think we have so much fun with jersey because we do like the stupid voices you know so like we love it for that reason because everybody's a muppet to us you know so we like it for that i think a lot of what hurts a jersey is the fandom because it really like you said it does get so toxic oh my Mm, god people will come after you Like, oh, make death threats. <laughs> like, <laughs> really they bad. called us. We've been on Team Gorga. Apparently, we're on their payroll, and then they said we're on Teresa's payroll. I haven't seen any of the money yet, so I'm a little upset about that. But <laughs> no matter what you say, they will take up arms against you. One yeah. way, or you can be Team Joe, or you can Team Teresa, or you can be down. We were neutral. We would preface everything with, "We don't pick a side here. We think they're both kind of crazy right now," and we would no. still. The tree stands are the apps, so like they're oh the tree God. stumps. A friend which to is everyone much is they a friend are, to no one, Joe. Dude. Okay. You know, <laughs> they, they are crazy. Side. They they're are insane. Yeah, they're toxic. But I always like that show. And I have to say, they've always delivered on that show. Even the worst seasons have r- retroactively been considered amazing by me. I mean, the worst season of that by far was when um, Teresa went to jail and they tried to do a recast and they recast everybody, right? Like, we all remember that. That was a disaster, but it was kind of amazing. I mean, it gave you Amber and Jim uh, Marchese, who are vile. I mean, those two are vile. And then the twins and one of the twins' husband fucked the mom-in-law. I mean... Santa, do you guys remember all this? I mean, it was just like <laughs> horrid. It was vile. But I, thinking back on it, it's like, oh my God, they gave us so much. Icons, you are mother. Season, <laughs> season seven. I think there's something that can be said about the consistency of Jersey. You always know what to expect. I just want to see a show that's more cohesive as far as the castmates go. I'm getting tired of Teresa versus Melissa. Yeah. If they're not going to remedy that, then just move on from it. Don't bring it up anymore. Let's focus on some new storylines. Let's focus on some new drama. Yeah. 
maybe that is the you know the beauty of Jen versus Danielle. Maybe that will be the focal point that we need to take our mind off of Teresa versus Melissa. Because for all intents and purposes, they're not rectifying the situation. They're not coming back together. We can move past that. So I agree. The consistency with Jersey, you always know what you're going to get. The women do always come prepared. They do their best to deliver a good show. I can't knock them on that. I just need something different this season because I do love this cast. I love this cast. I love the dudes on this show. Like overall, there's something comforting and familiar when this show comes on TV. And maybe that's because we're from Philly and, you know, Jersey's just down the street and we familiarize, familiarize with these kinds of people. Mm -hmm. I don't know what it is. But I want to watch a season in which I'm not rolling my eyes because it's Teresa versus Melissa again. I'm, I can't do that again. Well, I think no. that we've known that forever and we've accepted the fact that they're never going to get back together. It's now like what we're seeing is Melissa finally understands you're never getting back together. Maybe it was the Joe of it all yeah. that was kind of standing the in there. So I now that the Joe was, is. Yeah. You think so? Yeah. So that's what, kind of what I think. Yeah, I think that like because like in an effort to make it good for Joe and Teresa, she had to play nicey nicey. Now that Joe is like fuck my sister, and Melissa can just be like yeah fuck her. Which by the way might be exactly what those two need to become yeah. real friends, which is Melissa actually being in her authentic self. Um, I don't know if that's gonna really happen. What will be interesting though to go back to Salt Lake City, sort of tying back to sort of like building off the earlier question of like is Bravo gonna try to have like big you know, season finales uh, with twists and turns. I'm not sure that Bravo can do that, but I'm interested to see how this might affect other shows. Like, you know, when I look at what's happened on Salt Lake City this season and I look back on the New York reboot, I was not a fan of the New York reboot. Although in retrospect, I like, there are things that I do really appreciate about it. Like, I really enjoy the Jessel of it all. Like, that definitely has like some upside. I'm not writing it off, but do we think that New York might come back um with uh some more knives out because i really felt like a lot of last season was like look at us we're just like fabulous girlfriends in the city living fabulous lives don't you want to be friends with us and i think that like second season may they now be like wanting to kind of go a little harder at each other what do you guys think yeah i I would say so i feel like that first season is just kind of feeling each other out and also getting acclimated to the show and having cameras around and you know what makes good tv You have to look back at the game film. You have to sit there and watch the entire season, see how everything played out, what worked, what didn't. Did I hit on this one? Did I not? So I feel like they're going to have a better understanding as long as they leave the cast as is. And it sounds like maybe Jenna Lyons isn't going to come back. We don't really know what the cast is going to look like. As long as they leave it for the most part untouched, they're going to be more comfortable around each other. So we're going to see more of that, maybe that knives out mentality where, yeah, we're not all buddy, buddy. And we're going to the same places all the time. And look at us and look at, look at us living in New York. We're having such a great life. Maybe they will start to fight. And as long as it's organic and it makes sense. And I think that Jessel could be a big part of that because she came into her own by the end of the season. So we'll be able to see some good entertainment. That's what we're hoping for. Do I think that's going to happen? Maybe not. Maybe in some way. I don't think that they're going to come full bore and just really get out there for the second season. But that first season, yeah, we're, we're just going to chalk it up as, as kind of a feel out. And, you know, do we like these personalities? For the most part, I would say yes. And we'll see what the second season looks like. But yeah, we're still very hopeful for that. And I, I do hope that there is some good organic drama for the second season. My prediction yeah, for that is that, that Jessel oh, is going to be the biggest villain 
say because it. I she think could. That she people, easily could. Uh, she is such could an asshole. I mean, I think we love, you know, both of both Ben and I just love her just because she's so ridiculous. And so mm-hmm. like, oh, my God, our children could touch shoulders with Tom Cruise's children. It's like Tom Cruise's children are in college, you know. But anyway, <laughs> um, it's like she's just so out of touch. Um, I never put that be- one together. <laughs> she became- well, she thinks Tom Cruise is going to be at the PTA meetings. <laughs> Yeah. And she became they have cheese boards of a, there of course he's gonna be there she became kind tom of a cruise, hero. he loves a good cheese board <laughs> tom cruise charcuterie <laughs> fights with tom cruise big charcuterie guy kind of scientology overall loves charcuterie sorry <laughs> she became a hero later on because the worst people were going up against her and kind of bullying her which is how you went in housewives like if everybody's bullying you then you're automatically going to kind of be the hero for a while that's just how it is and so i think she got lucky in a way and also she was so much herself that she just didn't care and i think that in a show where not everybody was themselves all the time it worked but i think at heart jessel is an asshole she's a funny mm-hmm. asshole but i think that people really did the thing where they just start going so rah-rah for one person that they stopped seeing that this person at their core is kind of an asshole that's why they're fun so i can't wait for her villain era and i think yeah it's gonna come up in her next it's gonna be a huge villain era because she also became so popular at the end she had like a rolling stone profile and the other women are not gonna stand for that especially aaron aaron is like the most jealous person of them all and she's gonna start taking down uh you know jessel in her own boring way that's the only thing that will make jessel not the villain is having aaron go after her again but I, yeah, I think that Aaron uh, Jessel's gonna come to season two, thinking she's a superstar, and um, they are gonna go nuts. What do you think, Steel? I agree with that, and I, I, I would love that to transpire because I hated, hated Jessel for the first half of the season, and when she started to come into her own, I love Jessel. I'm a huge Jessel fan. I 100% agree with Ronnie. She's an asshole. We saw her be an asshole to Pavit multiple times, and they kind of like chalked it up. We, we like them together. Let me, yeah. let me get that straight. I like Jessel and Pavit together. I think they complement each other well. Yeah. But the way she talks to people is very brash. Like she's just rough around the edges. And that's a good thing once you got to know her. I think this show set up to have a solid second season. I think they have all the pieces there to do it. And like a shooter said, like you check the game film, you go back and watch tape. They read the socials. They understand like how things have been working. What did work? What didn't work? Right. They're reading all yeah. the comments. Sigh made comments during the season while it was airing saying i promise the food thing's not going to be a recurring thing she addressed what we were all irritated with because the food thing got really annoying that there's no food anywhere i'm always hungry blah 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 it's annoying stop she addressed it during an episode on twitter so they are self-aware they're gonna look back and see what was working what feuds they tried to start that didn't necessarily land i think that's going to be a big tell and how to play the game the right way. What's going to make good TV versus what's going to be annoying and what's too far maybe. But now that their feet are wet and they're ready to go for the second year, like Shooter said, if you bring back this cast, maybe add one newbie in, but I don't want to change things up after only one season. I think give them two years, see how this season goes. And then if they're good together, you've got a good show. You've got a good show in the making. If not, you have one more year to try to make some changes in that third season. But I think we're going to see a, a better season this year. I enjoyed it last year. I saw the makings of a good show. So I'm I don't hopeful got to bring it. continue that. You got to bring in a new person. And that new person cannot be like an influencer or sort of working generically in fashion. They have to be just like much more interesting, I think, than the people that are there. Yeah, like a and, CEO and or think, CFO. 
Yeah, and I think that like I I I don't love Sai. I I think that like if you get rid of Sai, I think with Aaron, you know, Bryn, I'm very hot and cold about. Sometimes she drives me nuts. Sometimes I'm like, oh, she's actually really good. And um, like there is there there is the potential for the sh- for the show to just like really explode for me, but um, it's definitely not there. I just I need I need a little bit more camp. Like that's what Salt Lake City yeah. was so good at. And I feel like by the way, with Salt Lake City. Going back to it, like another thing that really, really needs to be emphasized about how good this finale was, was yes, there was a twist. Yes, it was on on the back of a great season. Um, yes, this is a great cast. They all care about each other. But also, production was serving their A game. The music, like the mute, the choices for the music were outstanding. The way they decided to tell the story was outstanding and honestly it was all so overdramatic it was all very campy and it was all very ridiculous and that's what we loved about it and that's where like if we're talking about new york new york was like trying to be like yeah just like be one of the girls with us like we're fabulous we're doing fabulous things like look at our fabulous lives in new york whereas salt lake city was not trying to say look at our fabulous lives salt lake city was like providing full-on nighttime soap opera and um i i think that is where salt lake has really really just knocked it out of the park all four seasons well what do you what do you guys expect for the three-part reunion what are we going to get from that i want to do some predictions here because steel and i have gone through it it seems like monica at least in her confessionals in the in the finale was sitting there and she had more information steel and i think that there's a lot more interactions that happened she's got she's yep she's got the mean girls burn book and she's ready to roll. I think that there's a lot more interactions between maybe Lisa Barlow, Angie Kay, Meredith with the actual page. She's probably got more DMs. I want to see to the extent of which she has. Because at this point, it seems like she seems pretty confident in it. And we know that nobody's talking to Monica anymore. She better be able to serve at least for the entire three-part reunion. Because we talk about reunions all the time. And they're always a little too long. There's never enough. You can do it in oh, two yeah. parts, maybe in one part. Three parts is crazy, but obviously with that finale, they deserve three parts. I think yeah. that we're going to be okay. I just want to see what's going to happen and what you guys think is going to happen from Monica's perspective into the reunion. Well, I think Monica, at the end of the day, I know this is anticlimactic, but I think Monica has a bunch of nothing. Because Monica, what she brought during the season is like, your husband's gay. I mean, really, if you think about yeah. all of the all of the horrible things that Monica supposedly knew and had against everyone, really, she didn't. And that reality, Von Teese was just kind of bringing down Jen Shaw. One criticism we were getting um, after the recap was like, oh, my God, uh, you guys don't realize that that account had been scrubbed and there, you know, all this other stuff was said about. But what? Where are the screenshots of all of this horrible stuff that she supposedly said? I mean, there was obviously the Shrek stuff, but that was stuff that Jen mm-hmm. said about Heather. And then there mm-hmm. was her saying Whitney is a swinger, which I don't think anybody. I don't think there's a person Denies watching that. the show that didn't think oh. that watching them right. in their first two seasons anyway yeah. like when they're on the party bus with the stripper pole and all of their friends who are like whitney r- lookalikes are like oh my god they're all getting wasted and doing shots off each other and it's like yeah so i don't i don't know that she really ever had a whole lot so i'm i think she's going to be a lot of nothing and i think that heather's black eye is going to be caused by rough housing when they were wasted making out uh putting their boobies up against the glass and all that stuff that they were doing in that final episode 
I also think my 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 prediction is that Meredith and Angie will bury the hatchet. And I think that the way they're going to be able to do it is that they're going to blame Monica. They're going to say that Monica was pitting them against each other. Whether or not that's true is besides the point. It's just going to be an easy way for them to get out of this tension. So I think that they are. I think I think Angie. Uh, I think Angie actually really wants to be Meredith's friend, and so I think that she is going to do a whole thing of like, I realize now that Monica was putting me putting me against you, and there's no reason for us to be fighting. And uh, that's true, by the way, because if you look back at the origins of their feud, it was based off of almost entirely nothing. Like, I don't even know. It was like a, a passing comment in the finale last season. So my prediction is the two of them are going to move forward. Okay. My Steel? prediction is that that burn book is stacked with DMs from the cast members. React, they're interacting <laughs> with Wishful the account, thinking. like a story that's posted. <laughs> totally wishful thinking. Get the, yeah, <laughs> oh, I, I hope you're right. But I hope you're right. I do too, because if there's just stacks and stacks of Lisa Barlow commenting on a funny story that Reality Von T's posted that's dragging Meredith or dragging Angie or dragging somebody in the group and her replying like, oh my God, this totally happened would be really, really funny. I want that burn book to come through. I'm, I, I get so bummed out when we get these bedazzled notebooks, these big manila folders where they put so much time and effort on how they look, but then they pull out the receipts and you're like, damn it, that's really not anything. So look, Monica has delivered up until this point. She is also a certified legitimate stalker. So she definitely has dirt on people. She had the dirt for the account on Jen. She, her goal with the account was to take down Jen's show. Mission accomplished. Okay. I don't know if she's the reason that she went to prison, but regardless, I'm wishful thinking still. So if she can do that, Who's to say that she doesn't have more shit on the other ladies? And if she does, and then she lights the burn book on fire and walks off stage and no one hears from her again, that's my goal. That's what yeah. I want to happen. Will I that think happen? she'll have no, a lot of stuff on I want that to happen. God, you are delusional. That's, that's not so going to happen. I love it. I <laughs> no, hope you're totally happen. correct. God, I want, guys, I mean, come on. It would be so good. I think it would be good, too. And I hope that you're correct. I hope that she really burns the house down. Because... All of them, it's fishy at this point with everybody. They've already accused Meredith of all this stuff. Last year, it was Angie H's husband. They forgave her. And mm -hmm. Heather is fishy, too, because Heather's still friends with Tanisha. I mean, what the mm -hmm. hell? Like, Tanisha is out of the closet. And if all of these DMs and stuff that have been released over the course of the week, which we're probably running out of time, but another time. But all of those that have been released proves that she's keeping someone who is totally doing the same thing Monica was. I don't understand it. So I think Literally. that's pretty fishy. Well, too, that's so. I feel like that that just goes to show you that there could be some hope for Monica staying on the show. If Heather's yeah. going to be able to forgive Tanisha, why? Because she gave her the DMs that made the show even better? I mean, I guess that's good enough to still be someone's because friend Tanisha, or hairdresser. Uh, Tanisha came clean about it. So that's yeah. why it's like you know, you apologize, so that's okay. You know, I think no, Tanisha's Tanisha a saw an opportunity to get on TV, and Tanisha took that opportunity to get herself on TV. That's yeah. what happened there. She didn't have like a weird moment of where her conscience was just like too much to bear. She couldn't hold on to this secret any longer. She felt this moment to be like, Oh, here's my moment. I'm gonna blow up everything and tell her that. Monica's the one behind this. I'm going to get my 15 minutes of fame. I think that everybody that's tagging along for this that is not a member of the show is using it to their advantage to get their face in the limelight and profit off of this somehow. I'm yeah. firmly under that belief with both Tanisha and Marulo and whoever else is on the, the Shaw squad. Yeah.
Well, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> we'll Guess see. We'll we've see. got a month. We've got a month left of it. Yeah. Guys, it was so good to meet you and finally get to talk to you. This oh, was yeah. so fun. Much. It was a blast. Yeah. Especially Thanks. you, Shoot yeah. Scoot Magoo. <laughs> yeah, see? There you go. So much fun. What a delay. You got uh, it. Yeah, you thanks. got it. Perfect. Yeah, oh. thanks for uh thanks for getting the ball rolling on this and we'll have to do it again. Absolutely. Yeah. Whenever Absolutely. you guys want to anytime. Let's subscribe to Brav Bros. They're on Instagram. They're on everywhere you get your podcasts. Their first live show is coming up January 25th in New York City. It's going to be um what is Green Room? What's the number after Green Room? Green Room 42. Green Room 42. Green Room 42. Uh so go get your tickets there. We have the Golden Crappies on February 17th in LA at the Palace Theater. So get your tickets for that one. And let's talk again. Yeah, let's Absolutely. do it. Guys. Definitely. It was so really gross. good to meet you guys. Yeah, great to meet you. Nice to meet you too, bros. Bye. Yeah, honorary bros. Yeah. Honorary bros. <laughs> hey, hey, it's Donna from Daily Dose of Donna. Every weekday afternoon on the Daily Dose of Donna podcast, I cover all of the reality TV and celeb gossip and breaking news. I'm a former TV casting director. My husband works in reality TV, and I live for the housewives, the sister wives, the southern charmers, and the summer housers. And let's be honest, all of the drama. I'll give you a day's worth of celebrity and reality news weekday afternoons in just under an hour. New episodes of Daily Dose of Donna post weekday afternoons and are now available in video on Spotify. Subscribe to Daily Dose of Donna. That's D-A-N-A on your podcast app.